Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. A fine Saturday morning to you. <laughs> I, I need that as your ringtone. That's what I need. I How need that. You, Pete, I need you to pull that audio, Pete. Just send it to me so I can send oh, it God. as a ringtone. Yes. <laughs> 
<clears throat> so this would be yes, exactly. This would be your phone ringing. A fine Saturday morning to you. A fine Saturday morning to you. A fine Saturday morning to you. Yes. A fine Saturday morning to you. But it's, I think it's you would fun, lose your mind uh, to, to do those custom ringtones because my my brother works at a, a used bookstore in L.A. and one of the guys there just as a. I don't know, as a goof, just things they do, you know, to keep themselves entertained. He was casting, you know, employees, what their what their role would be in uh, different movies. And so one of them was, uh, what was it, A View to a Kill. And so he said, oh, my brother would be Max Zorn, the, you know, Christopher Walken character. So I was like, okay, so I'm going to, so I've got that opening, like, riff of mm-hmm. the Duran Duran song as his ringtone. So he requested that. So I did a little editing. So that yeah, whenever this guy texts him or calls him at work, you get that <laughs> that Duran Duran thing. And so I yeah, I put it on my phone. So now I know when it's my brother calling, I get a little Duran Duran. So I uh, yeah, Pete, I could use some some Andy Irish Andy on That's my phone. Nice. We can do that. That's a real yeah. meta way to go around finding your ringtones. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I cast you in a movie, which yeah. who would you play? Okay, now what can I use from that movie that would <laughs> that would be the yeah. ringtone? Oh yeah, that's like you know you've got a full story that you can tell people when you're discussing why that song. Yeah, ex- exactly that. that or I, <laughs> I suppose I could just get Tommy's flick chart for for anybody at, at the next reel. People are going to go, why, why do you have Mickey by Tony Basil playing? <laughs> <laughs> well, you see. <laughs> see, Andy's Irish and Mickey is an Irish name. So, <laughs> Well, welcome to Saturday Matinee, everybody. Uh, this, is, this is our Saturday show where we uh, get together and chat a little bit about uh, movies. And uh, we do lists based on the movie we're talking that week and uh, movie news and trailers, and all sorts of good stuff. This is a, uh, a show that's released to our Patreon supporters, um, usually on Saturday, or right about then. And we've started a new thing where it's going to our main feed as well, um, but that's more like Monday. So you can still have a chance to check it out. And uh, if you want to become a Patreon supporter, you can head over to thenextreel.com slash Patreon, and you can download actually all of the back uh, Saturday matinees. Those are all free. They're all there on our Patreon feed, so you can kind of listen to all the episodes. And if you want, you can support us on Patreon. We would certainly appreciate that. Um, well, let's kick things off. How's your movie week been this week, Steve? It sounds like you've had a pretty busy week. It's been a busy week. I don't think I've. I'd, I'll have to go back into my letterbox. I don't think I've. I've done anything. I'm. I'm. I'm letting Ray down on our. You know. Our, you know. Criterion piece because the the film that's. I'm supposed to be watching. Well, we're trying to do two a week, and the one that I f- left over from last week is uh, well, we're doing the Jack Cardiff cinematography mm, yep. piece, which was which was great when it was you know the Archers, Powell and Pressburger. Those, I mean, that was great. But you know, some cinematographers, you know, at some points in their career, they're you know they're working on films, making them beautiful, but the quality of the film itself was a little iffy. And this is one called Fanny, and it's like it's like this love triangle thing. And I just could not get into it. I tried, but he uh, he posted his review, and I'm like, okay, it's two hours and fifteen minutes. And after fifteen, I thought I don't know that I can make it through this, but I'll. It's one of my things that I'm going to try and, and do this weekend is to get through that. Uh, but yeah, this this week just. I haven't had time for anything, even even TV, because I'm, you know, all the shows and it's, yeah, I'm Yeesh. nothing. What about you? Um, It's been, it, it hasn't been a big week uh, for me. I, I've been 
really just, I've had a lot of other things going on in my life as well. And uh, w- largely what I ended up doing was spending a few too many nights trying to uh, watch bit by bit. Uh, I'm continuing my Robert Redford chrono- chronological viewing, and I finished the 70s last night for him with The Electric oh, Horseman. Okay. I finished it a couple nights ago. And I really liked that movie. I had heard the name. I knew nothing of what it was about, but I uh, finally got a chance to watch it. And it's uh, Redford, again, paired with Jane Fonda. I think this was the third or fourth time that they were in a project together. Okay. Yeah. And I just, I love that pairing. I think they're great together. So I uh, really enjoyed that one. And so it's been kind of a, like I said, a slow week. I haven't gotten to a lot, but I did really enjoy that one that I did get to watch this week. And now I'm moving with him into the 80s, starting with his, I guess it'll be his directorial debut, Ordinary People. So it'll be nice to revisit oh. that film again. Okay. I haven't seen it in ages. The 80s. Oh, that's an interesting era. <laughs> well, Redford's 80s films are, you know, <laughs> no, it's, yeah. it's in largely it's not going to be too painful of a watch because I think for the most part, I'm like, you know, I feel like I've seen most of them and of the ones that I've seen, I've, I remember liking, there's a few in there. Like I'm, I'm curious about like, what am I going to think about legal Eagles? After I was all these just going to say <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's yes. one that I worry, I, I wonder about, um, but you know, it might not be as bad as I'm thinking, but I've got Brubaker, which I haven't seen the natural out of Africa, legal Eagles, the Milagro Beanfield war, Havana, which I haven't seen. Well, I think that's either late 80s or early 90s. So that's, and then that takes me up to sneakers. Oh, yeah, okay. It's uh, a decent little run of uh, projects there. Okay, yeah, that's, yeah, and he's he's done now, right? He's retired, so you have an actual endpoint on this chronology. Right, right, exactly. Old man in the gun was the end of it for him. And it's funny, I've watched 22 movies so far, and I've only finished the 70s, so... (laughs) Yeah, he's one of those oh, guys. Busy, busy man. But I mean, it's kind of interesting because you're going to get up to you know recent times, and you're going to you know cross back into the whole Marvel universe again, right? With right. him, so Techn- technically, I think I get to finish with Endgame with his cameo. So okay. that's a that's a fitting way to kind of end all of this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's my personal Redford Endgame that I'm going to reach at that point. You're going to have to be careful if you take on more of these chronologies because the Marvel Universe, it's, I mean, everybody's there. You're just going to, you're going to get to a point where you're like, I got to watch this Marvel movie again because everybody's <laughs> in Endgame or Infinity War. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Do your Chris Evans chronology. Right. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I've, I've got so many going on right now. It's yeah. uh, I think I'm okay for a while. I've got okay. this. I'm redoing Hitchcock again. I'm up to rope. And so, you know, it, it'll take me a while. Plus, I'm trying to catch up on Best Pictures, Best Foreign Language um, Film Nominees. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I have over on Letterboxd, I track all these active lists that I'm actively working yeah. on. And it's like, geez, there's... When am I going to get to all these movies? Like this is, I, I look at this, I'm like, well, this will take me the rest of my life to just finish these ones. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a smart plan because it, it, 
sort of prevents what I end up doing is I'll be, I'll be like, I, I want to watch something and I'll, you know, look at Netflix or Hulu and I'm just scrolling through and my wife just stares at me like, are you going to spend the next 20 minutes trying to figure out what you want to watch? You've got a couple of lists to go through where you've got some options. Do I feel like a Robert Redford? Do I feel like a Hitchcock? It, it helps sort of narrow down your selections and options there versus me just, well, what's new on Netflix? What's in my list? Do I feel like that? Uh, maybe I need to build some more lists like you that. You should. You really should. Things that you're actively working on. Because it, yeah. it does help me. Because, I mean, it keeps me focused on... And it, it really helps picking things. I mean, yeah. I'll still... Like, there will be those days where I'm just, like, staring at my movie options that I have <laughs> at home. And, like, for 10 minutes going, what should I watch? Oh, I could watch this. Ooh, but I could watch that. But oh, but I could watch this. And that's, you know, it's... I don't know if it's ever really that helpful. But uh, it still happens. But still, okay. you know, it looks like I've got, uh, you know, with all the best... Uh, let's see, Robert Redford. I've got the best pictures. Uh, I'm still trying to catch up on a few of the TNR shows, uh, the best foreign language films. The um, I have just a list that I call friend requests and random ads of just a bunch of movies that <laughs> people say, oh, you really need to check this out. Yeah. And I try not to add anything more to that, but inevitably somebody recommends something I'm like, damn it, I have yeah. to add something else to that one. And then best animated uh, film nominees. So. And that one, I'm stuck on two. One is a recent one, The Breadwinner, which should be an easy watch. I just don't know. I'm not making time. And the other one, I just feel like it's going to be probably the most torturous one I have to watch, and that's Shark Tale. Oh. So, <laughs> like, oh, do I really have to watch that one? Oh, my. But yeah. It'll be, it'll be okay. off the list, and I won't have to think about it. It's an easy one I can sit and watch with the kids. I'm yeah, not too worried about true. it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, well, should we talk movie news? Oh yeah, there's there's quite a few things that have been popping up in the the movie. Well, I, it, it's interesting because I guess the the two things that are sort of at the top of my radar are, are sort of like follow ups to ongoing you know stories that have been out there for a while. Yeah, one of those is is uh, I'm assuming Felicity Huffman and her yep. little trip oh, yeah. to the Slammer. <laughs> 14 days. It's like a vacation. Yeah. You know, some of these celebrities and their, the way that it ends up working when they, you know, get these little slaps on the wrist. It's like, oh. yeah. Yeah. I haven't heard what's, uh, <laughs> what the status is of the, uh, what's the other uh, actress who was involved in this? Oh, uh, uh, what is that? Lori Laughlin from Full House? Yeah. Right? I, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I don't know what the yeah. situation is with her at this point. Felicity Huffman is the one that seems to be moving through quicker. Yeah, I, I think a, a more fitting punishment might be like forcing them to, you know, casting them in a movie that may be detrimental to their career for a significant amount of time. <laughs> that that's something that's actually going to hurt, you know. <laughs> we're you know, we're going to put you what what's that studio that does like the knockoffs? Uh oh, what is what is that one? You know, yeah. with the, oh yeah, uh, where they where, where was what was it Atlantic Rim instead of Pacific? You know what? Oh, what what is that studio? It starts with an A. I can't remember. Uh, Asylum. Asylum. Yes. Yeah. Have her. Yeah. Her punishment is she's got three <laughs> Asylum films she's got to do, uh, and then we'll see what happens. That's, <laughs> that's the, uh, appropriate all punishment. Poor asylum actors, they're going to be put yeah. out of work. Steve. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> Can't win. I'm surprised Kevin Spacey hasn't made the move over there. To, to oh, yeah. Well, that may be coming. <laughs> we have to keep an eye up. out for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, There's a series for you. You know, actors whose careers have forced them to work for the asylum. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason it's called the asylum. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> wow. So yeah, so that's going on. And then the other thing that I thought was pretty interesting is MoviePass has announced that they are shutting down. As of today. Yeah, it was an interesting attempt. And, you know, I used it for a few months and I I found it to be pretty handy until they were having issues and it all of a sudden stopped working on my phone or they stopped taking money. I can't remember. Something went wrong and I never bothered pursuing it again. And uh, as it turns out, I didn't really need to because... Uh, yeah, it, uh, they tried, <laughs> and unfortunately, you know, I will say, if nothing else, it was a great idea, and it spurred on some of these theater chains to actually create their own version of something like this. Like AMC has their yes. own version now, which you can basically pay an extra annual subscription, and you can see X numbers of movies per month. And I think, you know, that's great. Let's yes, let's create things like that for people who are big movie fans who want to go a lot and just allow for a, a system like that to be in place. No, I, it's one of these things where at first it sounded too good to be true, but then you realize in this era, uh, if something is too good to be true or seems like it's free, then chances are you are the product yourself and they're they're harvesting all of your, your data and information. And I think that's my understanding is they, they just couldn't find a way to monetize the what data they were collecting in a way that was going to benefit them for you know if they're allowing people to see movies for what was it ten ten dollars a month and and taking that information i i think the data set may have just been too small i i did watch maybe it was two weeks ago there's a documentary on netflix called the the great hack about the whole cambridge analytica facebook thing and they talk about you know they have like five thousand data points on each person well moviepass doesn't you know doesn't have that volume of data that they're collecting it's you know maybe three or four and i think maybe that's probably the issue is there just wasn't enough info about their users to make it worthwhile for anybody to to buy that uh but yeah at least it's something that uh you know has spurred on the theaters to to take action and i think again getting people out into the theaters um there's so many great movies out there even the smaller ones you know to have that theatrical experience and i think they're it allowed people, because uh, I think even, uh, as I recall in, in Discord, you know, Ben Lott talking about that, there were some movies that he he would see because he would use his movie pass. So it wasn't really that out-of-pocket expense. And so I don't know why studios didn't maybe get into this a little bit more of, here's ways to get those butts in seats out there in the theater. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I obviously I think that, you know, the whole uh, separation between the studios and the distributors probably is the reason they didn't but still it does make sense uh, i'm i'm just really happy that amc regal cinemark uh they've all kind of started their own things i think alamo uh, already has theirs too and uh, you know i mean it is tricky when it's a company that's outside of the distributors to do something like that and i i appreciate that they tried because now the distributors themselves have come up with something that works. The one benefit to a place like MoviePass doing an outsider is that it worked across multiple distributors. And now we don't have that option or the, the, sorry, the exhibitors, not the distributors. Um, Now we don't have that, but you know, I think it's, it's just growing pains right now and we'll see how this goes with all these other uh, theater chains. Do you have anything with any of the theater chains? No, because I there's a I I don't have Cinemark or Regal near me. I've got our local Harkins, and then I've got an AMC here, and 
the one that's near me, I, it's first off, popcorn just isn't up to snuff when you compare it to Harkins <laughs> that popcorn. Is so I true. think that, that that's the truth. But the other, it's just I don't know because it's it it's a, like in a shopping center and it just seems like it's never clean. It's mm-hmm. it's never clean, and I it's like when I go to Harkins because I know they they hire the right staff or they train them well or those are people that just care more. I don't know, but at AMC I've 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 enjoyed the experience, but it just yeah, there's you know popcorn on the floor. Just it always seems like it hasn't been cleaned like within the past hour. It's not like horrible, but I'm like, did somebody come through and just sweep up recently? No, uh, <laughs> and so it's it's. You know, the other pieces I like to support local and AMC's out, you know, they're they're national. I like to keep the, you know, the money here in Arizona, support local businesses. There you know, I've had you know, I, there's so many reasons. Like they've got the fake IMAX, you know, like, okay, there's that. Uh, but we've got true IMAX, you know, options as well. So there's just no incentives for me to go there. I I'm having a better experience at at Harkins versus AMC. And I, for whatever reason I'm in like the near cent- North Central Phoenix, and I thought I would have multiple options around here, but it seems like you know Alamo Draft House is all the way way out yeah, East Valley, like too far, and Cinemark Regal. It's like no- nobody's here Central. They're they're hitting you know all the new growth out you know East or West, and you know us here in in the old school Central Phoenix. Uh, no, nothing for us. Yeah, it's it, it that's frustrating because I'm on the Northwest fringe. And we have an AMC that's close to us. It's like 10 minutes from my house. But it's, and we certainly will go there plenty of times for convenience sake, because it is so close. But it's a lot, uh, I don't know, when when it was first built, it was tacky right out of the gate. Yeah. And they just remodeled it. And, you know, uh, and largely the remodel was just to put in reserve seating and recliner seats. But it's still, it's like, they didn't improve it it still is like it feels kind of just dumpy all the time it always feels like a b-level theater and i'm like right out of the gate you should have made it better but but it's not and so that's frustrating if we want to go to harkins it's a usually 20 to 30 minute drive for the closest one but they are far better theaters you know um there also is an amc with an imax uh, screen that we will go to that's about a half hour away that we'll go to that one also if we want to go see an imax even though it's it's a limax but honestly it's it's a seriously big screen so i'm yeah it's it's like just a little white lie limax (laughs) it's a little white limax (laughs) a little white limax okay but um yeah so but that's it and i mean the closest theater we have i mean we're even farther from alamo because the closest yeah. alamo to oh, me yeah. is probably the tempe one and that's like yeah. on the other side of the valley so we really need any form of an art house theater on this side we don't have anything that i mean the amcs will sometimes play art house films but usually it's a hike and that's a bummer yeah. Well, um, I guess we should just push forward. Do you want to? Yeah, we talk talk about trailers. Talk some trailers. I forgot what trailer I picked. <laughs> oh my! What are you, Pete? Uh, Come I, on, I, where's your tabs? Where's your tabs? Ago, right? I know. <laughs> it was yesterday, was it? It feels like it was days ago. <laughs> That's how my life has been. Okay, so for my trailer, I guess neither of us uh, uh, radioactive. I got to type it in again to search for it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no A24, no yeah, red band. No. no, nothing like that. So um, so I'll go first since I picked first. My yeah. trailer is a, a biopic, which 
should be a an interesting one because I generally can enjoy biopics. I, I you know, I, I think that there is uh, a level of biopics that sometimes just feels a little lifetime-ish. But okay. there's something about this story of Mary Curie as she is kind of you know, being the great scientist that she was, but also battling kind of the the general kind of, you know, sexist attitudes of the time of a woman working in science and the things that she came up against as she was working on her discoveries and everything. Um, I think that it's a story that certainly can uh, reverberate and uh, affect people today. And I, it just like... I don't know. It's one of these stories that I'm like, I'm kind of surprised that we haven't had a story about uh, Mary Curie before now. And I, I mean, there probably was at some point uh, another biopic made about her, but I am unfamiliar. It, it certainly hasn't been any time recently. And so, you know, I don't know. I, I look at this as an interesting opportunity to learn more about her and just see really what she did as a scientist. And so to that end, I think it looks pretty interesting. We have Rosamund Pike, who I just love. I think she's a fantastic actress. She is playing Curie. Um, Anya Taylor-Joy is in it. And uh, I, I think you know, the, the cast fills out with a lot of other familiar-ish faces, but no one that I I don't think there's anyone else that I really recognize that well. Um, well, other than her husband, I guess, Sam Riley is playing her husband and he's been in uh, like Maleficent and Pride and Prejudice oh, okay. and Zombies. Yeah. And he was in that On the Road, uh, another biopic. And uh, so, you know, I, I think that it's something that, uh, you know, it looks like it could be good. Is it possible it's going to stray down that road where it's a little too familiar as just kind of a straightforward lifetime biopic? It's possible. I'm not that familiar with the director. Uh, Mar- I don't know. Is Marjani Satrapi? Um, right. Uh, other than Persepolis, which I found to be a really unique film. And actually, I think we did we do as a trailer pick a while back another of our films like Chicken with plums sounds familiar, but maybe I'm thinking of a different one. I don't know. <laughs> I don't recall chicken with plums. That was 2011, so I don't. Yeah, know that, I doubt it. I, I doubt don't it. doubt. Think that was was it? See now, and Persepolis is one that I I haven't gotten around to to seeing. So it's a great, great um, bio uh, autobiographical uh, story. I I really enjoyed the way that it was done. It wasn't like the greatest story ever, but I think it's largely just how it was told that made that work so well. So to that end, I found it to be really interesting. She also did The Voices. Um, That was a movie that I, you know, I don't know, I questioned a little bit. That was the Ryan Reynolds um, comedy vehicle where all the animals, I think, are talking to him or something like that. Do you remember that one? Vaguely. It's one of those where I thought... It, it it looks like they there was like a gap between when it was filmed and when it was released. Like it was something that was filmed and then shelved, and then all of a sudden, like oh, we got to capitalize on Ryan Reynolds. And I I just it seemed like an odd one, you yeah. know, of yeah, yeah. the the tone of because isn't it like the the pets are convincing him to do like commit crimes or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, this I is mean, the yeah. IMDb yeah. says a likable guy pursues his office crush with the help of his evil talking pets, but things turn okay. sinister when she stands him up for a date. Okay. So, yeah. 
So I guess that says everything. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all I need to know. But uh, I mean, radioactive. I'm, I'm sort of in the same camp you are with that in terms of. Yeah, it biopics are are tough because they they tend to. There's a certain I don't know prog- progression that happens. You know, that's that's somewhat predictable, um, and. I'd like to see some innovation and maybe that we will get a little bit of that. But I, 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 again, as, as you are, I'm surprised this is a story that I'm, you know, we haven't seen on the screen and it's something that I think is, uh, it's the right time for this type of story, uh, you know, women in science and, you know, definitely, you know, breaking ground, um, and people questioning her. So I'm, and again, the, the cast I think is great. So I'm, uh, I'm, optimistic about this one again i i think ideal trailer pick uh, this is one i think sort of falls right to that good trailer rewind i don't think people are going to necessarily show up for this one it doesn't seem like the uh doesn't seem like an oscar contender you know that much just for, it, it could be the way the edit the the trailer is edited together it, it just yeah it seems interesting but i nothing that's really making this a must-see for me in the theater. It was a short trailer, too. It was less than two yeah. minutes. So at first I was yeah. like, oh, maybe it's just a teaser, but I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Um, it uh, And just uh, just so everybody knows, there have been at least two other stories about her made as oh, films, okay. which I'm looking at right now. Greer Garson and Walter Pidgeon were in the 1943 Oscar-nominated film Madame Curie, based on her life. Okay. And then in 1997, there was a French film made about her called Les Palmes de Monsieur Schultz, or Schutz. So, okay. Yeah, so there you go. If people, maybe we should do a, a, a Curie series. <laughs> There you go. We can just watch story after story about her life. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That one, Isabel Huppert played. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. This film just uh, actually is premiering. Uh, no, it's having its second play today at the uh, Toronto International Film Festival. The first one was a week ago. Today's its second run. And uh, it, at this point, if it has found a distributor to pick it up, I don't know. But everything else says, as of now, Switzerland, it's going to be playing at the Zurich Film Festival in late September. And then otherwise, it's a 2020 release. And that's all we have. Okay. Yep. So that's that. Let's talk um, about your trailer. Yeah, I feel like I stole this trailer from you because this seems like your type of thing. I was surprised that uh, you didn't snatch this one up. This is <laughs> Countdown, a horror thriller. Uh, that's it's like a well, sort of a sci-fi horror thing. Well, it, the the device with you know with with horror is what's the gimmick in this one, right? And this one is that it, there's an app that claims to predict the moment a person will die, which reminded me of a, a film that. Um, I'd seen on Netflix and it's one of these small little films and I think it like disappeared and it's one you can't find streaming or digitally anywhere. It was uh, like, I think it was called Timer or something, but you had a countdown till, to meeting like your soulmate type of things. So there's always, you know, oh, technology was, uh, we get into countdown type of thing. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. It was Black Mirror something or was it? Yeah, gosh, I, I remember. But the, and we've had lots of things like this. There was the uh, oh, the one with Justin Timberlake where it was like mm. you know aging and yep. you know there's a countdown, you buying time. Uh, so yeah, I guess it was only a matter of time before uh, the horror genre 
uh, latched onto this. So we've got an app that'll, you know, count down and we see in the trailer, like, oh, I've got 67 years. I've got 50 years. I've got two days. And I thought, okay, interesting conceit to sort of set this up. What is it that's, uh, is it an app that predicts the future? What is it? But of course we get this ticking clock turns into something supernatural with some sort of grim reaper character that's, uh, you know, showing up out of nowhere mysteriously and killing people. So we've got uh, a great device of a ticking clock that'll create a lot of tension in our, our story here. Uh, this is from writer, director, Justin Deck, I believe uh, is how you pronounce that. And I looked him up. He's got a solid career as a PA going back to 2006, but this is his first uh, as a writer director um, hitting theaters, October 25th, clearly playing the Halloween card on this one. Um, this is one where it, it could be a lot of fun. Uh, it could be really disappointed how things turn out at the end. If it's just going to fall into the stereotypical, uh, you know, final, final girl chase around, but it has some intriguing, you know, moments in the trailer. We've got a, a priest telling them they just have to make it, you know, one second past the countdown. And they're like, have you done this before? And he said, no, I've just read a lot of books. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm getting my horror chops, you know, a little bit on on these things. This is this is in my sort of wheelhouse as far as uh, horror because it, it like I, I like the sort of sci-fi, you know, the technology piece to this. It isn't yeah. just pure, you know, supernatural gore. There's uh, it, it reminds me of something from the '80s, you know. So I'm looking forward to this. What do you think about it? it? It's got a blend of the Final Destination vibe where oh, you know, they yes. survive death That's and right. now death is chasing them. And That's uh, right. You know, I think that I read quite a bit of that into watching this trailer as these people are trying to figure out, okay, if I can only cheat death for one second. And so now they have these like ghosty things kind of pursuing them yeah. and stuff. And it's, uh, it looks a little, there's a reason I didn't pick it because, <laughs> because it reminded me of a lot of other of those sorts of films. Right. And uh, I, I don't know if it's that, uh, I think the conceit is such a stretch for me that, yeah. you know, that like, okay, there's this app. So does that mean the, the person who like picks it, you know, or gets it and it's like, oh, I don't die for 60 years. But then in 60 years, <laughs> it'll be this Grim Reaper thing that's going to turn up and like be pursuing her. And it just seems a little silly. Um, of I, course it is. I know it's it's one of these things. I actually really enjoyed Final Destination. I think yeah. it got pretty silly as the series progressed because it's just like, what way can we make their death be more outlandish than we have before? And it just right. it gets pretty pretty nonsensical but but fun in its horror methods and so you know maybe justin's gonna have some some fun with it i'm curious because this is his first feature after doing a lot of it looks like he you know did um, a lot of uh, short films and some was pretty popular in the youtube world with some videos that he made there that got a lot of viral views and everything okay um will that translate well i don't know this could be a yeah. fun, easy watch on late night TV. It might be yeah. something that I want to turn off. So I'm a little, uh, I don't know. It looks a little too familiar for me, but who okay. knows? Maybe it's going to be okay. Yep. Well, I'll tell you. When does, when does that open? 
That's October 25th. And if it does come around to Trailer, trailer Rewind, it might be one I have to call you in on because I think, you know, we, I think making JJ watch it, you know, two, <laughs> what is it, like five, six hours of horror within, uh, within a week what may, may have uh, done him in for the year. So, yeah, it might have. Well, yeah, you've got a couple of years probably before you have to worry about that's, this one. That's true. <laughs> All right. Well, normally right. we've uh, we've been started doing flick chart re-rankings on our Saturday matinee, but without Pete here, um, I say let's re-rank 2001. Quick. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> Get it up where it belongs. That's You'll right. You'll never know. <laughs> Okay, no, unfortunately, we'll uh, no. not be able to do that. But I really no. can't wait for that movie to have its chance in the sun to get re-ranked okay. <laughs> a little higher. So well, anyway, can, oh, go ahead. anytime I'm here, you can you can always pull that because do you? How do you select the films for the re-rank? It's Are just you, random. It, I just I oh, just, just re-rank this chart and it just picks two oh, random ones. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Because I yeah. said you could you can fix that a little bit. And just, I oh look, Pete, we happens to be 2001, and oh, you guys <laughs> split. I guess Steve will be the decider on this one. I really hope that at some point. <laughs> Uh, it does pop up. I mean, it's it's random, yeah. but you know we have four, yeah. over four hundred, so it might it might yeah. take a little it, time. It might take a while. Yeah. yeah. So, well, without that, I guess we should just jump into our lists. Oh, the proximity alert list is that what we called it? Proximity proximity alert. alert. <laughs> weep, weep, weep. <laughs> yeah, we uh, so every week on our uh, Saturday matinee, we do a list. We put a, a question, a poll up in our Discord Show Talk channel where we ask our listeners, what should we talk about for our list this week? It always is in relation to the movie that we are uh, that we released on the main show that week. So this week we released our Robin Hood 1991 episode directed by John Irvin, which conveniently came out the same year as Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, uh, the Kevin Reynolds film. And because of that, uh, we uh, we come up with some options for our poll. Troublesome accents, proximity alert, similar films released near each other and the stupid thing for love trope. And our listeners picked proximity alert, similar films released near each other. So that is what we did. We each picked three films and uh, we are going to talk about them right now. I guess that means I get to go first, isn't it? Don't I? Yes, because you your trailer went first. You get to go with list first. Yes. All right. Well, I am picking a, I think, a pretty easy one. That's a film I love and I know you love. And who knows? This might be a steal. But it's something that I, I rarely think about as far as a proximity, proximity alert type of film until I was kind of looking back at films that did come out near each other that are very similarly themed. This happens to be a time travel movie from 1985 and uh, it is back to the future because the very next year we had francis ford coppola's film peggy sue got married which was released oh. which is another you know travel back in time to to your past and kind of relive some moments in the case of peggy sue got married it's uh, herself as a young girl, but in, in Back to the Future, it's uh, going back to his parents' time. I think there's an interesting comparison between those two as they kind of look back. They're very different feels, but there is an interesting connection between those. So Back to the Future is my first pick. Okay. So when we do this, do you have to have seen both movies? I... I don't think so. I okay. think it's okay well, I, to not. I, I, 
Well, I I tried to limit it to I'd, I'd seen both so that I could sort of sort of comment comment on which one might be the preferred film because mm-hmm. and this one is this one is tough because I mean Back to the Future is a classic but there's so many things about Peggy Sue got married. I remember seeing that I don't know if it was on cable TV or rented it from Blockbuster back in the day but there's it, it's such a fun film and you've got like super young Jim Carrey in there as well. And you've got the weird, uh, what is it? Her, is it her grandfather that with his, whatever, like Elks Lodge group is going to send her back to back in, you know, through whatever <laughs> right. bizarre ritual, you know, the, that. yes. That I mean, it's, it, it's, you know, Oh, is this all in her head? It's sort of like a wizard of Oz thing. Yeah. That's one. I mean, everybody's seen back to the future, but if you have not seen Peggy Sue got married or you haven't seen it in a while. So yeah, that's definitely one to, to revisit it's an interesting a, one yeah, yeah it's it's worth yeah. it's worth checking out i don't know I, yeah. i'd be curious uh, who falls in love with it but it's uh it oh, certainly is interesting yeah. i think it's it's, it's fun because I, <laughs> I mean it's very much of its era because i remember and well this this is a joke that may not even play well anymore because it, there's a point where her uh younger sister's eating the red m&ms and it's like oh no no don't read the, eat the red m&ms because if you remember in the 80s there were no red m&ms because of the food coloring dye oh, right right was like they had links to cancer or whatever so m&m said there were no red m&ms for i don't know how many years so it was in 1986 or whatever it was like you know for sort of the baby boomer was sort of like a nice little little joke for them but yeah i think kids nowadays would be like what's wrong with red m&ms yeah right right yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay I totally oh. forgot about that. So it's an interesting and interesting <laughs> yeah. factual tidbit tied to that. Though. There we go. All right. All right. What's up for you? This is Let's interesting because it's almost like we're getting six picks because we're doing all these different pairs. Well, so I've, I've, I've listed them as, as pairs. Yeah. So when I pick, it's like it's it's this this rivalry. Um, where do I start? Because I... Uh, like I said, I've got I've got a list and there's room for steals, but this your first one was not a steal. Um... I will go with when we have, let's see, what is this? 2006. And see, all of mine I tried to limit to, they came out within the same year. So I was really trying to like, this is true proximity alert. Like they might've been battling in the theaters or was it within several months. Um, Magicians in 2006, we had Christopher Nolan bringing us uh, Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman in The Prestige. And then we also had uh, Edward Norton in a little film about a a magician called The Illusionist Mm -hmm. as well that year. Um, Again, it was the whole thing about and they are similar, not just about magicians, but also sort of set in the like 19th century. of the two, The Prestige, I think, is by far the superior film. I really in, enjoyed that one. Uh, but that's my first pick is The Illusionist and The Prestige. Have you seen both of those? Yes, we did a magician series, and both of them were on oh! our show. <laughs> we this actually- is what happens when I do my list late at night or early yeah, in the morning. Right. Oh, wait. No, I will play the I'm pointing you back to these movies. <laughs> Right. Listeners, find, if, find the old if episodes. Find the old episodes. There you go. I forgot to check the list. We did. Andy. We did you a did. magician series, you and did. weirdly, it ended up being magician films in 2006. Because I think the other film in that list was Scoop, no. that Woody Allen oh. directed. So weirdly popular was, year for magicians. Steve was ill prepared for this morning. There we go. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> 
for my you're next, like, <laughs> I'm like, yep, you're, like uh, you're like yeah yeah that's uh, yep i know all about those movies have I, have okay. i seen them hmm. uh, yes <laughs> okay so i i'm okay. i'm uh, per our per your question earlier i'm debating do i do i stick with ones where i have seen both of them or is that okay if i haven't and i based on uh the other ones that i'm likely going to pick i know there's one on my list that i definitely am going to pick one that i didn't see the other option and so okay but i think for this one i'm going to try to pick one that i have seen both of them and so i'm going to go with a, a film that i i don't know if it's come up on any of our lists before but it's uh from 2010 and it's an animated film that i think really surprised people as to how good it was because there was real heart to the film it is despicable me which came out and and put uh uh, just introduce the world to this fantastically great villain named Gru and his minions, and that certainly has, you know, created this whole franchise with these these crazy minion characters that everybody loves and knows now. I think that's a really great film. Watching Gru go through this transformation as he kind of moves from a, a villain to having to adopt these girls, these these uh, little three young girls, and kind of become a better person because of it, um, even while he's still doing villainous things. But it's a great movie. And that year, we also had Megamind with uh, Will Ferrell oh, as another yeah. villain who also has to go through this transformation about kind of turning himself around from his villainous side of things. Um, an interesting something that was going on that year where we wanted to see villains animated villains becoming good so that's my second pick despicable me i have seen both of those yeah i actually yeah. enjoyed both uh, of them but i still yeah. would say despicable me was the better one. Oh yeah and yeah yeah make up mind was one that yeah it's it, it was entertaining but yeah it's you know i'm not a i think kids maybe enjoyed that one a little bit more but no good good pick on that one yeah okay all right, I'm going to go with um, a pair, one that launched a franchise and one that did not. <laughs> and this franchise is still active because it's just hit theaters uh, just within the past month. We're talking about Olympus Has Fallen and White House Down. Mm. Um, and these were two, and I remember, I think I did, I don't think I saw either in the theater, but I think I... Did like a double feature, rent, I rented them just to do a comparison. And it's not just similar, you know, like, oh, there's, you know, terrorists or somebody attacking the White House. I mean, there were like specific plot points where I'm like, this scene is almost the exact as this other scene. Hmm. Um, and, and for some reason, Olympus has fallen with, with Gerard Butler, has launched the, the franchise. You know, we had London has fallen and Angel has fallen. Uh, White House down uh, with Channing Tatum just did not do it. And I, I, don't know if this is a case of Olympus has fallen, as I recall, hit theaters first. So if it was a first one out of the gate piece, and then by the time the second one hits, people are like, oh, I've already seen that. Um, I don't know that I'd say one is a, a greater film than the other. Uh, but it's one of those where I'd say you're just looking for just action and, and something like that. Yeah, it, it'll be entertaining. 
nothing great, but I think either of these, you could flip a coin. And if you haven't seen one, or you haven't seen both of them, you could probably watch one and know that you're, you're set and don't need to watch the other. The That's... real test is to see if you could watch White House Down and then go into the Olympus Had Fallen sequels and see if it feels <laughs> like you're still in the same world. <laughs> there we go. Franchise, franchise leaping. There we go. Oh, right, okay. Right. Oh, wow. And that begs yes. an interesting question, uh, un, kind of unrelated to this, but something that I think is is worth discussing at some point. When does a uh, a sequel or trilogy all of a sudden turn into a franchise? Like, would I feel like is it is it too much saying the Olympus has fallen has kind of created a franchise, or is it just spurring sequels? Like, it's not like there's merchandise or spinoffs. Oh, that's like, what's, true. when's the okay. when's the transition to franchise? I I don't that's, know. That's a question that I think that is, that, that's a good a question. Bigger discussion. Be, well, and I, I guess yeah, that I have to be accurate in my terminology because when the, when the when I first saw the trailer for Angel Has Fallen, I forget what I was seeing in the theater. I thought I'd forgotten about Olympus Has Fallen. <laughs> I'd forgotten about London Has Fallen. I'm watching this. I'm like. Are they? Is this? I've seen this movie before. Like, yeah, Gerard Butler's like the Secret Service guy, and I'm, and I'm like, oh wait, this is oh, this goes back a couple of years to these other movies because I had completely forgotten that they were. And maybe it is just sequels, maybe not franchise, because it it hasn't garnered that sort of reach into to other other areas. So maybe it is right, just right. sequel. Yeah, yeah. yeah Burger King's okay. not selling cups. Yeah, they're happy meals. <laughs> that, that's the rule. If, 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 if there's something at a fast food place, you've, you've hit franchise. That's, that's okay. where the line is crossed. Okay. All right. For my final pick, I have not seen both of these, but the one I have seen is one that I really enjoy, despite uh, some people finding issue with it. But it is uh, in 1989, we had two Cops with Dogs movies. <laughs> Canine, <laughs> yes, <laughs> with no. Jim Belushi, and yes. the other one, which I really do enjoy, Tom Hanks and and his wonderful dog in Turner and Hooch. I think that movie is just fantastic. I think that there are some just just total memorable scenes from Tom Hanks's uh, past that I think are well worth watching when when the dog is just shaking itself it's got the drool hanging out and just you know all of that stuff it, it just it's so much fun that's a great dog to uh, to pair up with uh, with the um, over anally retentive clean cop uh, played <laughs> yes. by Tom Hanks and it's it's a fun movie it has its issues but uh, largely I think people were upset with the way that it ended because uh, of I you know the spoiler alert for a movie from 1989 the dog gets killed um, in the line of duty and uh, you know I don't think audiences wanted that <laughs> they they wanted a happy movie but uh you know, that's okay. I still really enjoyed it. So uh, everybody needs to go out right now and watch Turner and Hooch. <laughs> <laughs> no, it 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 is. I, I've, I've only seen that one. I did not see Jim Belushi and, and K-9. And I think uh, you're right. It was, people weren't expecting, it's Tom Hanks. He's that silly guy. This is a PG movie. And oh, look at the slobbering dog. And yeah, to take that that turn and the story really caught a lot of people off guard. Uh, but it, I just watched it again, oh, maybe like three years ago or whatever. Cause I thought, you know, I, I don't remember a lot of it. Uh, cause it had been, you know, like 20 something years, but yeah, it's, it's very much of its time in terms of, you know, 
film, but it's it's Tom Hanks and it's it's a fun story. It is a lot of fun and it I definitely yeah people need to go out and see that you don't need to bother with Jim Belushi and K nine. I'm I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm not, Never seen it, but I'm, I'm sure. I'm I'm pretty sure. And oh, interestingly, if we take our IMDb star rating, K nine is at six point zero. Turner and Hooch six point one. Hey, so, look at that. so pick the go. better one, everybody. <laughs> but then. <laughs> Speaking of of sequels, sort of or franchises, uh, we did have a straight to video follow up to K nine K nine one one. Yes, ten years later, nineteen ninety nine, going back to the well on uh, that story because uh, oh wait, oh my gosh no there's there's K nine there's K nine pi oh this there yeah there's there's definitely a thing going on here with with Jim Belushi and uh, dog cop movies so well, it spurred on a whole thing I guess uh, yeah <laughs> guess so don't know if anybody's seen them but he's <laughs> he's, he's he's it's keeping him employed yes yes all right. Okay, your final pick. My final pick. Um, saw both of these movies in the theater. Um, they are similar in subject matter. Very different movies. Um, saw the first one with family, big screen. It was, uh, I want to say, not necessarily a traumatic experience. Had a lot of anxiety at the beginning of the first one. And then the second one had a friend that said, oh, yeah, yeah. I want to see that one because I think it's going to be as good as the other one. And when you have someone that enjoyed Saving Private Ryan and they're not a big movie fan and they sit down to watch The Thin Red Line by Terrence Malick, it's not what they were expecting. Um, both of these films I really, really enjoyed. I, you know, The Thin Red Line actually was uh, my introduction to Malick because I hadn't seen um, his two prior films i'd heard about them and so i thought oh this will be something to go see in theaters and fell in love with his style of filmmaking in that i think it, they're two totally unique films it's filmmakers just really at the top of their game exercising what they do best um you don't have to enjoy both of them i think each one uh, stands on its own and are are very powerful films but both of them hit theaters in 1998 saving private ryan and the thid Ren line very different in tone. Yes. Those two films. I uh, am not a, I'm not a big Terrence Malick fan, as you know. Oh, I know. Oh, I know that. I yeah. think the Thin Red Line has a lot of interesting scenes in it and interesting things going for it. Mm -hmm. That more than many films um, with large casts, I found mm -hmm. some of the, uh, the casting choices distracting particularly John Travolta is the one that always stands out as like, what, why is he in this <laughs> part? It, yeah, that really, uh, bothered me. Um, it was an interesting movie. It was a definitely, uh, I did see it on the big screen and that was certainly worth seeing on the big screen. It was, uh, um, an interesting one for the big screen. Um, but you know, and saving private Ryan, I, you know, thinks it's, you know, Spielberg at top form, it's not one of my favorite films. I think the story is a little Hollywood in some of its telling, but I still find the war elements really gripping. So yeah, yeah, it's a. I, but I still, yeah, I think it's a, a good pairing. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, I think uh, you know, 
I think I'm relatively pleased with the the choices that we ended up with because I don't feel like any of these were the oft-discussed ones that always come up, like the Armageddon Deep Impact, the Mirror, Mirror, Snow White and the Huntsman, like those sorts of things that are oh, yeah. always no, come to mind when somebody brings... That's right, the uh, volcano in Dante's Peak. Yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. Yeah, no, we hit a, a good good mix of pieces here, so yeah. no, I'm, I'm happy with these lists. Yeah, this is, I think... Uh, we hit some pieces where, uh, yeah, some that they may not have thought of and maybe some films people want to go revisit and, and do a, their own uh, comparison. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, next week, we're going to be talking about Mel Brooks's Robin Hood Men in Tights. So what should we put on the list for <laughs> next week's um, choice? What what poll options should we do? I feel like, you know, parodies is yes. seems like oh. a, an obvious one. Yes. That's, um, that's that's the I, that's a big yes. one. What about director cameos? Is that too tricky? I feel like that might be a little too difficult. You know, uh, if it, all three of us are having to do lists, there's going to be a lot of stealing on that one. Yeah, well, uh, I, mean, I don't we could know. just each go yeah. through Hitchcock's <laughs> films. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, you're only you're only allowed to use each director once, oh. so you've got to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Have you uh, seen Men in Tights? It's been a long time since I've seen the men in tights, but oh my gosh, I'm looking we, forward to revisiting it. That's for sure. We could do um, um, non-musicals with a musical number. I don't know if that, oh, is that a sure. weird thing to throw in? Are there that we'll many? Let's throw that in there. Uh, I I don't know. Okay. Well, let's um, put it on there and see how hard it ends up being. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is there, as I recall, I don't know if this is a Mel Brooks thing in general, but I, I'm assuming it's in here. Is there, is there uh, like sort of breaking the fourth wall with? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. There is breaking the fourth wall. So that's, that's another option that we could throw in there. Do I, should we just okay. do that? Or is that our stuff or is there anything else that, we want to do? I'm fine with those. I, yeah, I think that's a good a good mix of things, and it's it's keeping us in a, in fresh territory because you've got how many more Robin Hood coming down the the one. line after this we're, one? We only have well, one after this. I know we're okay. ending on Ridley Scott's um, oh, Robin Hood right. epic. So yes, so yeah, I think that keeps us out of the the well trod uh, Robin Hood turf. Okay, uh, well, so we ended yeah, up with we um, our options are parodies, non musicals with a musical number, and breaking the fourth wall. I think that's a pretty good list. All right. Well, Sounds everybody, good. if you want to get your vote in on the poll, head over before next Friday, the, uh, was it, September 20th. Make sure you jump into our Discord group. You can find the link in the show notes and go to the Show Talk channel. And in the Show Talk channel, you can cast your vote. Now, I don't know if the Show Talk channel is open to everybody or if you have to be a Patreon supporter. Um it might not be accessible to you, but um, I, I guess, believe it's only the Patreon supporters yeah. in, in that one. So, that right. Level, yes. So the Patreon supporters can get their votes in. Everyone else, find a Patreon supporter and whisper in their ear. <laughs> or, or become <laughs> yes. a Patreon supporter yourself. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, that's it. Well, um, yeah, until next time. Uh, for those of you who are supporters over on Patreon, thank you so much. And everybody else, thanks for tuning in. Steve, until next time. Hondo. 
I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our Originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Get started today.